I'm sure for today. I don't know if yellow is my color, and I miss Bernie Mac. I mean, uncontrollably miss that man. It looks, for some reason, it looks pistachio to me. We got a lot of problems then. Anthony Down Air Podcast, welcome in for another episode. We're talking Epstein today and this move that the elites are doing to try and erase their connection to Jeffrey Epstein is astonishing. We'll get into it. Plus, uh, there's a new book coming out all about Epstein, and uh, we'll talk about that as well on this episode. Uh, Bill Burr rips CNN a new a-hole. We've got uh, Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene. I forget that crazy lady's name. She did something crazy today. Yep. Uh, Geraldo Rivera. I mean, we can't go too long without talking about Geraldo. Ben and Jerry's. We brought this up on the last podcast. They made some news today, and they dragged Ben Shapiro in along with them. Plus, Biden joins an exclusive club. We will share that with you next. It's about the second most uh, honor you can have besides actually being the president. That's Once true. you're the president, you can do this, and, and uh, we'll tell you. And then it's all been worth it. And it's all been worth it. That's what all we all dream. I think it's why most people run for president. Uh, Frankie C is here. How you doing, my man? Hanging in. How we doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, so I was reading this, and uh, credit, credit to Uncle Robert. He produced this segment. Hey, Uncle um, Robert. The elites are pulling this move, and I can't believe it. So, obviously, there's a lot of attention around Glenn Maxwell trials coming up in September. That's something that interests you. Make sure you're subscribed to our channel on YouTube or Facebook or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you like to listen or watch. Make sure you're there because we're going to be there every day following what happens. Um, and there's a lot of uh, things going on right now. People are writing books. People are producing documentaries. We've done podcasts on that and what's happening there, all that stuff. So the BBC came to Manhattan. They were in town in early July, basically to gather some interviews for this documentary that they're producing right now. Turns out like, uh, like uh, you know, bugs that you, you, when you lift up the rock and all the bugs go scattering, that's basically what happened in Manhattan when the BBC came to town to do some interviews. Everybody ran and they all, this isn't even the story, they all refused to do the interviews. Supposedly, uh, I think it was a couple of the victim's lawyer, a couple of them did some of the interviews. They didn't interview any of the victims but they interviewed the lawyers and that was basically it. Now they plan on returning. They plan on coming back to do some more interviews. Don't say when, because they'll leave. Exactly. They'll scatter again like bugs. Just, you just gotta show up. Yeah, basically. Um, sources told uh, page six that uh, people in New York City high society aren't lining up to speak to the BBC. In fact, they're uh, going through great lengths to avoid them. But here's the thing that really, really caught my eye about what, how scumbaggy these people are and how in control the elites, how advantaged the elites really are. Because people are like, oh, the elites, the elites, the elites. And it gets a little tiring after a while. But it's kind of true that they have advantages that the rest of us don't have. So this is the move they're doing, Frank. All the photographs that are out there, mm -hmm. okay, with Epstein, mm -hmm. the photographer who took those pictures owns the photographs. Right. If you're a photographer, so like if you're Taylor Swift and you give a photographer, you know, permission to come into your concert and they take a picture of you, 
Taylor Swift does not own that photograph. The photographer does. And the photographer basically can license out the photograph. So he'll put it on services, you know, AP service, whatever, different wire services, stock footage services, and they'll get paid. And the services pay them based on how many times it's downloaded or there's a flat rate, whatever. That's basically how the world works. So whoever owns that picture can do with that photo whatever they want, sell it, rent, license it out, whatever they want to do. These rich people are tracking down the people who own the photographs of Epstein and they're buying them up. Meaning if I'm some rich guy and I was running with Epstein and I was visiting him, his island or whatever, that from the super innocent to the you're probably should be in handcuffs soon, they're all going around and they're buying up the rights to these photographs of them with Epstein and they're pulling them off of the internet. Because, well, that would tell you who's, I mean, it's got to be a list of who that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we know this unless we know who it is? You can't. I mean, unless you're really super duper keeping track, which I don't know if anybody is, even the hardest of hardcore investigators that are following this Epstein. I mean, that's, it's pretty impossible. I mean, you're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of photographs that are not like organized into the Epstein file. They're, they're every, they're, who knows where they are. They're everywhere. True. Whoever took a picture. It's like they're thousands of places they could be. How who do you knows? track that down? You just got to Google it, see if the I picture no exists and then track down who, who took it. I, I mean, granted, not everybody who's in a photo with Epstein is is a scumbag, hopefully, right? Granted, like like I said, the most innocent, like I yeah. just kind of met him once, to I should really be in handcuffs. Right. That's so the spectrum. You, I mean, if you're an innocent person, are you tracking down this photo just so you're not even involved in any of this mess? Uh, no. If I'm an innocent person, I'm letting it go. Just not thrilled about it, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, let's say all the guilty and whoever people track down their photos and get them removed. The only ones remaining are probably going to be yours then. So it's going to be like, oh, look at this. Only one uh, left here is uh, the only one we found. And it's this guy. And you're like, well, I just didn't pursue it because I didn't, have, you know, have anything to hide. But That's then now you're all wrapped point. up in this. You, they might be creating a, a, a more incentivized market. It's like a little bit of a yeah. gold rush now. It's like everybody's just running for the hills because they just don't want to, innocent or not, they just don't want to get swept it's up in this. It's a great point. That's a really, really great point. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, then you could be the go-to photograph. It's yeah, true. but if you're the last but, one, you didn't, you didn't sweep up your, pic, your picture. But it's interesting that you brought up Google because they can indeed pull the photograph off of google the only photographs that if you google something and you go to images the only images that are up there are images that are allowed to be up there you know when you Hopefully. put an image up on these things or they're up on social media or whatever they are they're indexed into google you can remove them if you're the rights owner right yeah. so that's what they're going to be that's what they're going to be doing because again if you google Jeffrey Epstein, and you're just in that that mix. Who knows how many photos? I'm sure the guy took photos with thousands of people. But, and let's be honest, he was a very careful 
and private guy. Like nobody knew who the hell he was prior to 2007. And even then when he got arrested, it was a blip on the radar. It was just some other rich dude who got arrested for doing whatever the hell he did that day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was relatively private. And most of these things that they found on him was, was, uh, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, 2015, 2016. And they had to go all the way back into their archives. But I wonder now, because as the story goes, and this is what sources and insiders, people who are in the know are saying, that they're out there buying up all these photographs in London and in New York and everywhere that they could get them, the rights to the photos. Right. I wonder how many of those people are buying up footage. Because you can't really, I don't think that the news outlets would really sell that stuff because that's their bread and butter. You know, even if they were part of a grand cover-up conspiracy, you know, I, I'll play that game. That's still, that's their, that's kind of how they do their their thing you know that, that's what they need that stuff when stories they come need out. those sources it's not even so, yeah but they just need that material they need the those those assets yeah i mean i mean if if you're talking about people that the the, the photographers are making all this money now probably because they're so who's buying them up the people in the photos not the news stories or is it like an hour race news stories news outlets and elites are now racing to buy up as many as they can i mean i would assume that once the news outlets figure out what's happening that they would want to maybe Just put their snap up as many as they can get yeah because you got to think too i mean this is the reason why the paparazzi make money you know this is because you have people magazine and national Enquirer, and you have all these places that want that photo that's going to sell the magazine mm -hmm. off the rack or get the click online those things are really valuable when you have the right photograph. So it's such a weird world when a photograph of a person can be licensed and it can be ripped down and you, you can delete it from a page because you own it. But everybody's up in arms when when music musicians do the same thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what's work? Um, arguably, more work has been put into the music. Yeah. Well, photographers. Photographers get really. Oh, they do a lot. I'm not saying it's easy, but no, I was gonna say they work. get really they get really oddly possessive of stuff like true like that. Like I remember, I I I there was a magazine that was doing a write up on me, right? So the guy comes and takes pictures, and he was complaining to me about how people he made the bulk of his money shooting like lawyers. And like doctors, like they would come and they would have him come and take pictures of them and stuff. Or like their profile pages and shit. Or whatever, right? Or the magazine would do a write up on this attorney so that they would go, mm -hmm. you know, they would go there and he would take pictures and then he would say to the attorney, hey, I'll sell you a couple of these if you want them for your office or that this or that. You know, your, you know, attorneys are always, they need that kind of stuff, you know. And that's how he made a ton of his money. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And at the time, I had gotten into a dispute with somebody over a photograph at the station. It was a, it's a big, long story that's not important. But we were fighting over like rights for a photograph that we use because there's you can use copywritten photographs if it's a newsworthy thing. We were a radio station, so there was a, 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 a thing. So we were talking about it and, and whatever. So after like three hours... The guy shot me at the, the studio. We went to a bar. We went to another location. He took all. I spent like the afternoon with this guy just to get one friggin' picture, right? 
at the end of the day, he goes, look, I had a great time with you. If you want a photo to use, you know, for like your professional headshot, let give me a buzz and I'll give you one of the shots. And I was like, oh, I, I'm not really that interested. I'm not going to buy it. I appreciate it. Thank you. He goes, it's on the house. I was like, oh, okay. Two, three this weeks. This guy coming over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Two, three weeks pass by. He sends me all this stuff. And I was like, hey, I'll take you up on your offer. You know, and and he like wrote me this whole thing. He's like, he's like, I explained this to you. This is how I make my money. He's like, I don't know, you know, why would? You? And I was like, dude, you offered to give me the thing. Did you say you said it was? You said it was on the house. I did. I said you said it was on the house. If you want, you were gonna give me one. What did he say? And he was like, I don't remember saying that. He's like, but if you really want it, I'll sell it to you. And I was like, I don't know if this is a come on. I was like, I don't really need it. I could take a picture of myself. Yeah, it's like I live and die by my face. It was like it was a nice thing to have if it was free. If it ain't free, then screw it. I'll just go like this with my phone and it'll be done with. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a glamour shot of like Yeah. On the red carpet. I'm not a lawyer or a doctor who like they need those things for whatever they do. I don't know. I don't know what they do for, but the guy like said he made a ton of money off of doctors and lawyers, so great. Hey, good for him. But I bring it up because it's like this is like they are super like, you know, this oh, they're very protective. That's it. Yeah, that's their thing. I don't I don't blame them for being protective. You know, it's your it's your livelihood. I get it. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, if it's so easy for them to, to throw lawsuits around and pull down material. But the minute a musician's like, hey, this is my song. Everybody's like, no, Everybody it's, it's everyone's song. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. You giant jerk. Well, you know what it is? It's because people aren't buying photographs the way they're buying music, and they want everything for free. You know what I'm saying? So they look at it like, why am I paying $20 for this album? You know, this is BS, especially when somebody like Napster turned around and went, hey, this is free over here. You could use it over here. Yeah, that didn't work out. Look at you, anti-Napster. You're all so proud of what your boys in Metallica did. Kind of. I was... Listen, it's only it's fair. It's right. It's their work. It's their jobs, and that's what they get money for. The music, you just give it out for free. I mean, they gotta make money with their albums. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, oh, they have millions. They have millions. But not every band has millions. You know, it's not just Metallica that has to worry about that. It's any any band starting up. I agree. I was on Metallica's side. I just thought Lars was really douchey. They could have they could have PR'd that a little bit better than than they wound up doing, you know. Well, what did he do? Also, I don't know, just the way he overall handled it. Also, the one thing this is why I will give them credit, at least they spoke up. Like everybody else benefited from their hard work and didn't say shit. Yep. Yeah. They were kind of the leaders on that and they asked other people, I won't name any other bands or names. They asked other people to join them and they're like, "No." Yeah. And then, of course, at the end, it was like, oh, way to go, you fought for us. And there were some people, there were some bands that were like, like, yeah, our music shouldn't be this much money. Like, totally just trying to, like, land on the side of the fans. Yeah. You know, thinking that the but, music industry would, would take the hit, but those sons of bitches never take, never absorb the profit loss. And I never. have no problem. If I like the album, I'll buy it. I, I, Metallica comes out with a new thing, I buy it. Yeah. I, you know, I have no problem with that. I pay for YouTube to, to get, you know, to download content. Um, next part of the Sepstein start of the show here is uh, there's a new book that's coming out. 
and I want to plug it. It's very important. It's called Perversion of Justice, the Jeffrey Epstein story. And the reason why is it's because it's written by uh, Julie K. Brown, who's the Miami, Miami Herald investigator. She's basically the one that's kind of single-handedly responsible for all of this because it was her investigative work to what was going on in West Palm Beach. That's that, the book you want to get. That really unwrapped everything. I don't know if she's going to, honestly, I honestly really don't know if she's going to have anything in this book that is revolutionary that we don't already know. But I feel like if you followed this story and, you know, you like the podcast because of that, or you like, uh, who's that other guy everybody always compares us to? Fucking forget his name, whatever. There's no comparison. Weird English guy. Anyway, or Australian, whatever he is. Sure there is. Um, Thank you. That was nice of you to say, Frank. There is no comparison to us. We are one of a kind. Um, if you'd like any of that stuff, the, it, it, none of it would really be possible without this uh, downtown Julie K. Brown. So uh, nice. not to be confused with Julie Brown. Um, so pick that up tomorrow. That's in stores everywhere. Perversion of Justice, the Jeffrey Epstein story. Uh, there's a couple of things that, you know, like we knew this stuff already, but I just wanted to throw it back out there again because I did find it interesting because it's brought up and you know she's releasing little excerpts from the book now there could be something that's pretty revolutionary in there and if it is great uh but uh the one thing that i had forgotten that we knew at the time uh, epstein's cellmate was a f- ex-cop i didn't realize that yeah he was facing the death penalty on federal murder and drug charges he was 51 he did not cooperate with authorities after Epstein's death. His lawyer said that he was friendly with Epstein, but denied that he had anything to do with his death. He theorized that his client was being set up because Tartaglioni, which was his name, was uh, had filed a lot of complaints about the prison uh, conditions, that they were inhumane. So that they killed him because he was complaining it was inhumane? Is that his argument? No, no, no. He, he he thought that they were trying to pin Epstein's death on him oh, because oh, oh, oh. he was complaining that the conditions were inhumane. And um, in, you know, in the book, there's here's an excerpt from the book. For reasons that remain unexplained to this day, the Metropolitan Correctional Center had bunked a hulking, accused quadruple murderer with a 66-year-old nerd who happened to be the nation's most famous child molester. That is weird that you would have a like a. Such a high-profile guy yeah. with a bunkmate, murderous yeah. bunkmate. I don't know. That is kind of weird. Uh, prison officials said it was uh, the uh, footage uh, was inadvertently destroyed. Uh, Tartaglioni had an illegal cell phone on him, and the government has not released and is not releasing the contents of that phone. To this day, and this is why I brought this up, to this day... Authorities have never released a full report on their investigation into what happened with yeah, Epstein. It's, it's been well over, but it's been how many? Uh, yeah. How long has it been now? Two over years. Two years. Maybe? Can't read. Everything's a blur. But yeah, and I mean, the stuff we don't know. I mean, we have yet to see. Did we get a death certificate, like a, a autopsy report on him? There was two, and they were both uh, contradicting. Contradicting. Yeah. And um, what's it called? Uh, um, there's no there's no reason to release photos of anybody dead, but I'm just saying there's no uh, 
there was no funeral. I don't know if there would be, but mm. you know, I'm sure his family maybe. I don't know. Did they, would they have a funeral? I don't know. Let's bring in our funeral expert, and that's Jay Sabs. What up, Jay Sabs? How are you? Anthony sucks dick. Oh, hello. <laughs> what sucks dick? <laughs> oh my god. What's going on? Uh, nothing. How about you? You know, just rapping about the death of some child molester guy. Saving the world from a child pedophile ring. You know. Right. Oh, okay. All, all in a day's work. That's it. Yeah. Light, light, um, light conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, light stuff. By the yeah. way, we didn't preview this at the beginning of the episode, but uh, but uh, I spent some time with Janine's father. I spent some valuable quality time having a conversation with Janine's father, and uh, it was enlightening, revolutionary, if I could say. 